But it's just airplanes, so it's not, it's it's, not really no this is This is the best seat now. It's, it's got a runway in the front yard. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing we've talked about in an earlier episode, I believe, is that this year is the, um, the 30th anniversary of the film Top Gun. Yeah. Okay. Obviously, Top Gun is is a, a very quotable movie, if nothing else. Yeah, and and Top Gun quotes, you know, are like quotes from Aliens or or Star Wars or or anything like that. They just kind of come okay. out. Yeah, they just kind of come out in the conversation. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. So, what if you took Top Gun quote, or you just took the phrase Top Gun? Yeah. And inserted it into other movie quotes. Okay. 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 Hmm. okay. So, it would be interesting if you had some examples for us. Well, we, for, well it would be. It would be a shame to, to, uh, to even consider such a topic without have, having some examples. So it, let, me just, let me just whip this out, as it were. <laughs> and, okay, and, yeah, <laughs> thanks. And, and for example. So it is good we didn't do the video thing, is what you're It saying. is good that we didn't do the video thing. <laughs> Um, forget it, Jack. It's Top Gun. Okay. <laughs> okay. For the last line in Chinatown. Chinatown. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. okay. Yep. Or you could say something like, you know, very cheaply, a very cheap uh, way to do it would be, you know, let the Top Gun be with you or something okay. like that. Okay. All right. I could say, you had you, me you, at Top Gun. <laughs> You could, you, you, exactly. You know, movie right. quotes, you know, iconic movie quotes. You had me at Top Gun. That's, that's really good, actually. Um, so I was, just, I was just playing around with that. And it would, it would be kind of cool if, if some people took some time and went into forums and um, uh, gave us their favorite quote. You know, of all, um, of all the Top Guns and all the towns and all the world, she walks into mine, you know, things, <laughs> things like that. But it was just an, it was just an idle thought I had in a co- coming that, from that, another conversation. That, that's one of the things they do on at midnight. Yeah. Do they really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. It's like we're, we, we're reaching the end of our allotted Top Gun. Exactly. Yeah. You know, okay. uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, if you want to live long, go Top Gun. Because time spent <laughs> Top Gun is not <laughs> it's right. uh, something like that. <laughs> all right. You could, you, you could do all kinds of mischief. Right. And it was just, just an idle thought I had earlier. Yeah, an right. idle thought, right. Yeah, thought okay. I'd share that with you Thank you. I, so uh, I in the podcast. That. I appreciate that. Yeah, you got something started. Right, right. What's going on? It was an item. I'm sorry. That would, that would be a shame if that started some, you know, thing. It was a list. Here, hang on. I've yeah. lost it now. I've completely lost the list. Where did it go here? It's, uh, is that the list? Yeah, it's weird. Your, your list is weird. Yeah. The, the, the thing is, you know, places like Top Gun, you, like, get a fine if you use a quote from the film. You know, test pilot operations and, and, and you know, high-end jet jet uh, fighter training organizations that they, they like frat, look down upon um, um, the movie, I guess, generally. And then of course uh, quotes from it. So the whole, the whole thing's kind of, kind mm-hmm. of taken. It's, um, you know, um, another Kevin Bacon, six degrees of separation mm-hmm. thing. Okay. 
All right. But anyway, Top Gun. Moving on. Top, Top Gun. Gun. I got it. I got it. Yeah, David. Sorry, the list was messed up. If you refresh your browser, you should see it now. Refresh my browser. Um, they've got a robot flying a Cessna caravan. Did you see this? Yeah. What is this? What is all this? I, I don't all understand. I just I didn't look at it. I, I don't know why they don't have it. Yeah, why they don't have this all built in behind the panel in the first place? Exactly. Exactly. How is this not just a, 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 a you know a, a you know um, a, a, a and, and we, yeah it's just a, it's a autopilot it's a plus it's, right yeah it's a co- it's an autopilot that manipulates the controls but we already have autopilots that manipulate. I was going to say the it's it, it's an FM it's an yeah. FMS pers- in a physical presence uh-huh. instead of being just in the memory in the box on the right. console. And I, and I yeah. think the theory, I don't know, I was reading the text, and the text and made me think yeah. that the whole idea here was for airplanes that don't have that kind of capability built into the panel or into the systems, what you can do is literally sit this device, and it's kind of a big device with a couple of robot arms on it, you can sit this device in the right seat, all right, and it's able to... S- see and manipulate the controls well, um, well one of the three, things that jumped out at me when i read the, the story that the eagle ran on it yeah uh, is that the robot that they're developing has vision sensors right so it can read data like the frequencies things are set at well eh, you could make an fms do that too but they're giving it physical attributes that fms doesn't have but could have. And I think the whole thing is just, yeah, I don't want to say this on the air. Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, I've, I've, I've got a friend that works for Aurora. Yeah, yeah, I, I know Aurora also. I, I know someone who used to work there. I, wait, I'm sorry, I don't know Aurora. What's Aurora? Aurora is not that supersonic biz plan. No, kind of no. Aurora is a... Is a aerospace Aurora Flight en- Sciences. Yeah, an aerospace engineering company based at Manassas, Virginia. Okay, and they do a lot of uh, have have done a lot of work in robotic flight. Oh, I see. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. And and this this is but but there's we already have this and, there, and there's two manifestations of this. First manifestation is an autopilot, and the the same electronics the same electronic logic that looks up a frequency on the panel can damn well figure that out without having to to to. Uh, uh, physically scan something, uh, but do it by GPS, do it by some other means. <laughs> but we already have this. It's called a copilot, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and it, it is, it's ambulatory. It gets in its seat. It it does all of these things. Also, the it's nice. You know, I can maybe see some some interesting applications for it. But we basically have the same technology already now. This this just manipulates the existing controls, which we can also do now. So what's the point? Uh, we're yeah, trying to get rid of those damn pilots. They're just you well, know. To me, it seems like they're they're creating a persona for what an FMS does in a mechanical autopilot, right. in a mechanical co-pilot, and I and I honestly believe that the, the the whole driver behind this is a it's more defense spending money and B. It's going to grease the skids toward single pilot cockpits because they'll say, oh, no, we've got a co-pilot over here. And they'll point to the machine as a point to 
as opposed to pointing at the FMS and say, oh, we've got a co-pilot right there that can do all this stuff. Yeah. Because the FMS is now, they do everything but put down the flaps and gear. Right. Mm -hmm. And they and, can even and, initiate braking. They can and they can, the they can do that. So, I mean, it, 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 they could do that. Yeah. Yeah. We have, well, I mean, let's look at it this way. We have very sophisticated aircraft that are doing all of this, uh, um, maybe semi-autonomously. There, there's a human, there's human oversight, but only from the standpoint of operational needs as opposed to basic flight or basic uh, uh, maneuvering capabilities. Um, so, I mean, we have all this stuff now. We have flaps. We have throttle up. We have throttle down. We have landing gear. We have all this stuff now. Uh, in 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 the systems are fairly well understood. They're not this kind of system. So I I don't know. I just I, I it's it's a neat trick. Mm -hmm. I just don't see the point. Yeah, well, it's no, an so interesting it, piece of machinery. Yeah. but the, I think I, I'm cynical enough to think that. The idea is to get rid of the co-pilot with something that has a physical presence yeah. that will ease people's minds at the idea of eliminating the co-pilot. And you pay for that digital robotic co-pilot once, and he doesn't ask for a raise, and he doesn't take vacation, or she, uh, never has to go to the can. You never have to worry about which meal it picks, uh, all these things downstream. Uh, that's a dream come true for the airline business. For the military, there are already flying autonomous combat aircraft. I mean, for Pete's yeah. sake. Yeah. It, yeah. And you don't need the personification of the pilot for that. I think the big virtue of this is, as opposed to like a state-of-the-art, super advanced autopilot, built-in autopilot, is that, is that those can't wave their arms in the air and go, danger, Will Robinson, danger. <laughs> Welcome, folks, to Uncontrolled Airspace. The, the Lost in Space episode. The General Aviation Podcast. We're going to have to run that. That's going to be the disclaimer this time. You watch. Uh, we haven't run that one in a long time. That'll be good. Uh, the, uh, where was I? Uncontrolled Airspace. General Aviation Podcast. Hi, I'm Jack Hodgson, coming to you from high atop Lookout Point, uh, where uh, it's, uh, you know, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful fall cold well it's not cold but it's not summer anymore but it's beautiful and uh, i'm here in the virtual hangar talking to my two good friends out there in the uh, world and in, in 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 a variety of places around the world what's what's going on here let's see um um from the air capital of the world wichita kansas david higdon hi david what's going on nope fall has arrived uh, the leaves are coming off uh getting ready for uh the big business aviation and convention uh, convention in uh, Orlando in about uh, ten days and uh, uh, finer in Prague here. Mm -hmm. uh, you been doing anything fun? Other, how's the airplane going? Oh man, don't ask. Okay, all right. I yeah, see. We are uh, you. I was talking to somebody about this the other day, saying he's making great progress. Every time I talk to him, he's got some new click, yeah. click, rewind. Yeah, you know. I'm going. He'll hit a <laughs> one of these days. He's going to hit a speed bump, and something's going to you know. He'll slow down. He'll get it done eventually. But it can't well, he's, he's had he's had some distractions lately. So yeah, okay. it's, that's allowed. So, that's uh, allowed. Um, well, that's great. And so then my other good friend there is uh, from somewhere near Sarasota, Florida, is uh, Jeb Burnside. Hi, Jeb. What's going on with you? Um. Uh, finest frog fur also any uh, hurricanes lately not lately I, actually <clears throat> i think we, we, the summer is broken so to speak fall has fell and and uh uh it's it's cooled off a lot here really it's gotten down a into lot. the 80s now huh 
Yeah, well, it was it was exactly seventy on my back deck this morning. About, oh, okay. Um, about um, about dawn. Little little violin with my fingers right here. Right. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. Well, that's nice. Um, that's nice. Yeah. So it's <clears throat> we're we're. Uh, um, Everybody's gearing up for a winter, a fall and a winter. Mm-hmm. We don't really have a winter here. We have a fall. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Fly the champ yet? Um, did some work with it over the weekend. My instructor and I went out. We basically kept it on the ground. There's something askew with the tail wheel. Uh, I'm not that incompetent. So okay. um, it, it, we will not. Is it just commit. recastering or is it connected to it's the a pedals? Free, it, it's, it's connected to the pedals. Yeah. And it does fine to to the left, um, but there's no rudder input to the tail wheel to the right. Uh, <laughs> See, there's a joke so, there, but this is not a yeah. political podcast, so I won't do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 you know, I, I, I'm just stating the facts as I know them. I okay? understand. I, I understand. Not, I'm not going down that road. It sounds like there's a cabling um, issue. Is a cable rubbing or it something? It does sound like there's a cabling issue. <laughs> and uh, Lee hasn't had a chance to look at it, I so uh, yeah. it's back in the hangar. Okay. And, uh it, um, does the rudder itself respond right and left? Yeah, you get it up above, you know, 15, 20 knots, and um, it, it, it will start reacting to right rudder input, but that's air flowing over the rudder. It's not the tailwheel. Right, right. Okay. Well, all right. We're 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 anxiously awaiting first flight, so. Yeah, so, so am I. Yeah, okay. It will, it will be... Um, I'm not going to say. Okay. It, no, no, it'll, no, no, it'll, no. It'll certainly be before. Uh, it'll be when it's safe and when it's. It, the it'll be before it'll, I fly mine. So. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't. Gonna, I wasn't even thinking that. Yeah. Uh, it, it'll be soon as possible uh-huh. uh, in, a, in a reasonable, considered, safe, risk managed fashion. So that's all we can say. Yeah, we've seen what happens when people rush because they get yep. excited about something new. Yeah, yeah. Stuff gets broken. There's a whole category. Um, a friend of mine named Tom Turner, he's uh, fairly well-known in the Bonanza sect, um, uh, Bonanza Mafia, and he's written for me several times on aviation safety, just as Dave has. Um, he had a thing a few years ago where he's looking at recent registrations as as an accident statistic, not necessarily a category, but uh, certain certain accidents just tick all the boxes, and recent registrations is one of them. Oh, really? Yeah. So, so in the first X days after you register, you have a higher likelihood of an incident. I wouldn't say that. You you certainly have a higher likelihood of a certain kind of incident. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. That's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, it just you know. So be careful out there. And uh, be, exactly, yeah. be careful out there. Hey, I had fun over the weekend. Um, uh, we had the first, in, in in way too long, we had the first UCAP meetup slash breakfast up here at Nashua Airfield. Yeah, how'd that go? It went great. We had a good time. Um, we used to do these all the time. We used to do these every, yeah, every I remember. six or eight weeks or so, uh, all year round. And then for one reason or another, they, they kind of faded out. And these get, most many of these folks get together over there on a regular basis anyways. But, but we we kind of stopped for some reason doing any that we characterized as UCAP meetups and I haven't attended one. And I thought it had been like, you know, I, th- someone said to me, how long has it been? It's been a couple of years. And I said, no, it's like been, you know, the better part of a year. It's been a while, but, and then I went nice. back and looked at my calendar and it has yeah. in fact been like two yeah. years 
since since I did one of these, since I attended one of these. So you've been, I, a, bad, you've been a bad boy. I have, but uh, but uh, big thanks to uh, uh, Rick Shep up in Vermont, who's the one who kind of pinged me and said, "You got to do one of these. Come on, let's go." And so we got all the usual suspects together, plus a few more, and uh, and and met up on Saturday morning over at uh, at uh, Nashua Nashua Airport's uh, Midfield Cafe, which is a terrific airport restaurant. And uh, um, it's and, a great name. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and sat around in the diner for a while, uh, uh, t- you know, telling stories and and having a good old time there and having breakfast. And then what we did was so um, visiting from out of town um, is uh, one of the a, a friend of UCAP and a great aviation guy, uh, Mike Daniels, um, and sure. his wife Elizabeth um, are were in town uh, visiting family. And uh, they they you know heard because I posted on Twitter that that. That we were doing this thing, and and I said, you know, they contacted me. I said, oh, absolutely, come on over, come on over. And he said, can I fly my drone? Would you mind if I flew my drone? We'll take a pic- aerial picture of the group. All right. Um, and I said, I said, well, I said, I don't have a problem with that, but I said, you got to make sure you get all the right permissions. You got to do it absolutely right. All right, because you can't be flying a drone at an airport, right, without you know, right. crossing all the I's and dotting all the T's and whatnot. And he said, oh, yeah, absolutely. And so he went out and talked to the, and I don't know exactly what process he went through, but he, with the help of Dave Pasco, who's a regular a resident there, at, or a resident, you know, practically a resident at Nashua Airport, um, keeps his airplane there, um, helped him. And they communicated with some combination of the FAA proper and the tower there at Nashua and got permission to fly the drone in the parking lot within certain limitations and, and, and whatnot. And so uh, after breakfast, uh, we all trooped out into the parking lot, and uh, Mike got this really cool high-tech drone. Um, looks very, very, you know, uh, 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 Terminator drone kind of thing. Hmm. Um, Maybe uh, they're, they're relatively – I mean, this is a high-tech drone, and it's smaller than my old Parrot drone, which was a really, really <clears throat> crude thing that I bought years and years ago. Um, but uh, – so it's maybe it's maybe eighteen inches in diameter, roughly. All right, and I think it's got six blades, probably something like that. Um, uh-huh. And uh, um, and it's very very cool. It's got this totally gimbaled camera hanging down from under the center, and and you know he like he like flies it up and then lets go of the controls and it just stays rock solid in the air wherever you left it all right wow and and then and so he's got this this uh you know remote control thing that's strapped around you know that's hanging from his neck right in front of his chest and and he's not only got controls to fly the drone but he's got controls to aim the camera and there's a little live screen right there on the on the box so that he can see what the camera is seeing all right and so he's like up, and so he just flew it up there and just kind of like it froze in the air and it was just sitting there while he's talking to us and explaining what's going on and showing us the the remote control and whatnot and uh, and so we all gathered on the grass sort of in you know not exactly in front of but sort of in front of the uh, tower building and uh, and he took some pictures of us uh, that we that have been posted on the net since then um and then i got a few more pictures of us doing it and i had him i had him bring the the drone down and hover it like at eye level right in front of us and i had took a couple pictures of it of it you know kind of lurk uh looming Mm -hmm. over the group it was very you know if you had the right state of mind it was pretty sinister looking um but uh uh, pretty like fun pretty cool technology yeah it does yeah pretty cool technology and uh or you can just you know Put a put a robot in the right seat. You'll put a robot in the right. Yeah, right. So uh, so that was neat. So yeah, we've got some nice pictures. And uh, then after that, we went out onto the ramp 
Um, and uh, two, well, one listener and a friend had flown in, Dave, in their Sonexes, their home-built Sonexes. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, um, neat. I was, when I was arriving for breakfast, when I was driving into the area, um, I was listening to Nashua Tower on Live ATC on my phone, and I heard a Sonex um, on the approach um, calling in and, and arranging to land, and I'm thinking, oh, that's kind of neat. I wonder if he's a listener. Um, and uh, it turned out he wasn't a listener, but he was a friend of a guy who is a listener who, who was coming in. So there were two Sonexes. I, I wish I knew the models, David, but it's the the basic two seat, not V tail or Y tail. All right, that's the Sonex. Yeah, and that's uh, the name of it. And apparently, the one of these two, maybe both of them, were built from plans. All right, I mean, like from plans. They bought bought paper or and and then raw metal and cut it to shape and drilled it and bent it and did all that kind of stuff all right and so um this was cool mike s uh, listener mike s was uh, and then ian who i don't know his last name were the two pilots who had their two sonics's uh, oh cool and then while we were yeah. there so it turns out that part of the reason they were there was that there was this informal sonics fly-in um uh, you know not fly-in but meet up all right and and while we were on the ramp looking at these two Sonexes, a third Sonex uh, taxis in, and it's a single-seater Sonex. David, what's that one Oh, called? that's the 1X. That's 1X, okay. And so he, O-N-E-X. Yeah. So he taxis in in that one, so then we go over and we're looking at that one. This one was interesting. I mean, in lots of ways it was interesting. But one thing that really jumped out at me, David, on this one, so the wings fold. Maybe they fold on yep. all of them, all right? But on the, one, nope. on the 1X, they fold. And I thought it was interesting. I've never actually looked at the mechanism that allows the aileron control lines to pass through the hinge. All right. Um, and, and I've always envisioned that it was a cable thing that had to be disconnected somehow, all right? which, of course, sets you up for the problem of possibly connecting them backwards, which is a you know, notorious, scary situation. On this particular airplane, the way the control cables passed through the control lines passed through the hinge mechanism is that there were these two each the 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 face of each wing part after it's hinged can you picture what i'm talking about had this sort of seesaw mechanism on it all right and when the wing was positioned down in place for flying the two parts of these seesaw ends touch you know as if the seats where people would sit on a seesaw Mm -hmm. they actually Mm -hmm. came up and pressed against each other all right and this seesaw was the way that the push and pull of the aileron passed through the wing hinge. Ah. Am I describing that? Uh, well, I understand can, what you're can saying. Can you picture yeah. that? Which was interesting. Yeah, well, there, that, was, there was no connection. That, it was a totally passive system. All right. Is like if you, you pivot you the wing. The la- you go you ahead, pull David. the latch. You pull the latch underneath the wing yeah. to unlock it. Uh-huh. You fold it up. Yeah. That's it. And then when you're ready to go flying, you fold it down. You reset the latch you do that on the other side you're ready to go it's it's stone cold foolproof yeah is that the way will your wings fold i don't know if are you gonna have no no you're not gonna have folding wings all right but uh i i'm kind of glad david because that's that's strictly with the one x okay and and it was designed that way with the idea and this was jeremy uh uh, manette's design jeremy the, the late jeremy uh, it, the One X was his project. Mm-hmm. He designed it because the idea behind the entire Sonex line is, is to make aviation accessible for as low a cost as possible. Mm-hmm. And we all know that hangars can be kind of expensive to rent. So if you got an airplane whose wings, which which with wings that can fold up, 
then three or four guys, five guys could share one hanger and have all their one X's lined up in there side by side. Or you could put a mix in there of other Sonics and one X's in a, in a regular T hanger. So, uh, or put it on a trailer, take it home and put it in the garage next to your car. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm looking for something here. I want to show you here, but let me see if I can find this. It, it's, it's a clever setup. And, uh, uh, the uh, it's a quick, nimble little airplane, and they, they, I believe Sonex got the prototype for sale. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is a one-off, David. No, this is a production airplane. Okay. Yeah. Hang on, I may have to clean. I, I really want to show you something here, so just give me a second while I find it and get it available online here. I'm just and I I understand from DJ that uh, it, it flies really well. Hmm. Uh, I haven't flown the One X, but. Uh, if it flies as well as the YX prototype that I flew at the factory in February, uh, you know, it's a finger and thumb airplane and you can build it tricycle gear or tailwheel strictly your option. You can even put the turbocharged, uh, aero V engine in it, which would make it a real hot rod. Hmm. Yeah, the, uh, um, Mike S's airplane, he had that, uh, turbo V, but not the, uh, what makes yours fancy? Is it fuel injected, or is uh, it's there's something about yours that's that's even more cool, right? What's well, it has a it, it has what Sonex's aero conversions calls an aero carb, right? But oh. it's really a throttle body injector. Okay. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. So uh, he didn't have that. His was a slightly older version, but uh, but that's what he had. I just sent you a link to a picture. Yeah. And and so what you're seeing here, um, sort of just to the left of the center of the picture is this seesaw mechanism that I was talking about. Mm-hmm. And if you look up above in the part of the wing that's hinged sure. up, you can right. see it pivots the mating in a horizontal part. plane. Right. And, and basically, once the wing goes back down in position, these two pieces press against each other, and that's how the push and pull of the aileron control lines pass through the wing hinge. I thought it was pretty yeah, elegant. It's, Maybe it's, it's a very funny. common thing. I don't, is that a common design, or is that unique? I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. David, um, is this... There's, there's, some similar, there's some similar work that was done on some of the World War II carrier-based fighters mm-hmm. that had folding wings. Yeah. So that when the wings were folded down, all they had to do was throw the locking mechanism. There was no worries about connecting the aileron uh, push rods uh, where something could go wrong. Uh, So there's been other things. And if you look farther to the left in that, I believe those are buttons. Those little buttons are contacts for the uh, uh, lights out on the wingtips. For the nav yeah, lights, there, yeah. There's another round. there's, there's another, another three round. over to the right. Yeah. I forget yeah. what they do. They do something else. They're, uh, what are they? Yeah, it's, it's very clever setup. Yeah, I, yeah. I looked at it up at the factory, and uh, if one seat would do fine, it would, it would have been a nice airplane, but I need yeah. more space. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. So it was a great brunch, uh, breakfast. We, we, we did it a little bit early because some people couldn't make the normal 10 o'clock start, so we started a little bit earlier. But uh, we had a lot of fun. Thank you to, uh, to Mike for flying his drone and taking some pictures. And uh, thanks to, uh, to uh, uh, Mike and, and Ian, and I believe his name was Dan, who was flying the 1X, and, uh, for showing us their airplanes. Uh, we had a good time. And we're going to try and do not wait another two years before we do another UCAP meetup. So, uh, Very cool. Yeah, it was yeah. a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Congrats. Thanks to everybody who came out. 
One administrative thing I want to throw out here real quickly. Um, I discovered recently that there is apparently, I forgive, for folks who don't quite understand what I'm talking about, probably means you don't need to understand what I'm talking about, so don't worry about it, okay? But it turns out that there is a rogue RSS feed for this podcast, okay? The RSS feed is the file that tells your, like iTunes or your podcast app, that there's a new episode of Uncontrolled Airspace. And the official RSS feed, can there's a link to it on the homepage of our website and that's the one that you should use that's the one that we support that's the one that we keep up to date it turns out that our hosting service libsyn all right um has a system that automatically generates an rss feed every time i upload a file i didn't know this until just recently i didn't realize that there was a rogue rss feed that libsyn was um with the best of intentions creating for us all right and i discovered this because a listener pinged me telling me that the first of the um the ucap after show exclusive episodes for uh, for uh, patreon supporters um, was in the feed. And I said, I didn't put it in the feed. How could it be in the feed? And we did a little investigating and discovered that he was using this this Libsyn feed. He had found it somehow, probably Google search turned it up or something like that, all right? Um, and, uh, and so it's out there, all right? I have now changed my workflow so that nothing new, not only the, the special episode, but even the regular episodes will not get added to this rogue feed. It's frozen now wherever it ended up. Um, and uh, and so any, but you should just kind of look more closely at your RSS feed and see if it is a, if it is a, uh, uh, it should either be an uncontrolledairspace.com URL or a feedburner.com URL. If it is a Libsyn um, dot com or dot org, whatever it is, URL, that's wrong, and you should change it. You can go to the homepage and find the proper thing. If you have any questions, if this doesn't make sense and you think you need to fix it, send me an email, and I'll help you out. Send it to a podcast at uncontrolledairspace.com. I'm Jeb Burnside, and I approve this message. <laughs> and for those who may not be up to speed on this, RSS stands for Really Simple Syndication. That's exactly what it stands for. Very good. That's very good, David. I'm impressed. We don't have to be lost in space. I can fly the Jupiter 2 and get us back home to Earth. Warning, 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 warning. Silence, you belligerent bucket of bolts. Dr. Smith, you must not take the controls until you have received a safety briefing. Oh, all right then, go ahead. The members of the Uncontrolled Airspace podcast are participating as private individuals. Their comments do not necessarily represent the views of the various organizations they work with. Silence, you cantankerous clump of cogs! Also, anything you hear on this podcast that sounds like advice on aircraft operation is obviously very general. You should always consider your own situation, remember your training, and fly the spacecraft, uh, airplane. Are you that finished? That is all. What did you that say? That is all. Then yes, shut I up that finished. silly speaker. Oh, where is Jack Hodgson when you need him? You may proceed. All right, then. Here we go. Danger, 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 danger. Um, where are we here? Uh, what's this, David? What's coming from the Smithsonian, David, in November? Well, they, they, they've been running a, a show the last couple of years called Mighty Planes. And the uh, I, I didn't catch it until the uh, beginning of the second season, and I've only caught it intermittently on the Smithsonian Channel. 
from the Smithsonian Institution. Uh-huh. Well, the third season's launching uh, in November, and I got a teaser about it uh, today and took a look at some of the aircraft that uh, they're uh, featuring. It's a six-episode season, so... You know, you you don't have to uh, eat up your uh, your your hard drive space if you're uh, DVRing shows, but they've got some really amazing aircraft throughout the, the, the all of these. But some of the aircraft they're featuring in this third season are truly unique and 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 little known. And uh, I just thought I'd point it out for people that are airhead junkies like us that. It's something else that you can put on your DVR and uh, set up to record and and watch it at your leisure. Uh, it's from the Smithsonian Institution, so you know it's going to be top quality stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's there's a similar program I just came across on Amazon Prime. Yeah. What's that? Um, it's narrated by Neil Armstrong. Let me find it here real quick. Okay. So. Oh yeah, I, I caught a little of that. So obviously not not really new, but where's my? Uh... It's called First Flights. Okay. Uh, it's in uh, Amazon. It's on Amazon. Uh, Amazon. dot com. Their their Prime service. So if you're a Prime subscriber, you can automatically watch it uh, on the, from their streaming site uh, for no additional uh, cost. Is it available? Um, Pay per view to non Prime. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Okay. Uh, the the Google might tell you, or you could maybe buy it from Amazon. Um, you know, if you want a Prime number. Yeah. But it's basically, there's three seasons of it, and I don't know how many episodes per season. Let's find out. You know, I, I can't tell. No, we'll take a um, look at it. We'll dig it um, But they, all kinds of different airplanes. They started out, you know, with with uh, some of the first pilots and, you know, things like flying across the English Channel and uh, uh, things like that. And, and they progressed into World War One. It, it, looking at different aircraft, flying copies of the of the aircraft from that time. This was done. Um, the release dates shown on uh, on Amazon are all 1990. Oh, okay. Oh, so it's a while. Okay. So, so it's it's not you know current production values or, or anything like that. But the airplanes are the, still the same airplane. Yeah, I know airplanes have changed and, so and, much and in the time since yeah, 1990. Yeah, yeah, and having Neil Armstrong narrate is kind of cool. That so. is cool. That is cool. Well, yeah. look at that. I, I'm an Amazon Prime member, so I should go. I'll dig that up yeah. and take a look. Yeah. I just, just um, turned that back on. I had it for a long time, and then I had it off. First Flights is first what it's flights. called. First Flights. Yeah. David, what's this uh, Trevor Simino, Simino thing? Is this uh... Trevor Simino. Uh, he was the uh, cub reporter at Sun and Fun Radio this past April and uh, did a bang-up job. The young man's got a tremendous amount of energy. He dove into the work, uh, was like a perpetual motion machine, and he's competing uh, with uh, other young people for a $20,000 flight training scholarship at Epic Flight Academy. And uh, so the the winner of this is kind of based on the participants, the applicants. They submit a video talking about why they want to do this, why it's important to them, what it'll mean to them, what they could do with it. And then it goes up on uh, Facebook, and whoever gets the most likes or thumbs up on YouTube uh, wins out. So 
not knowing any of the other candidates, I thought hey, give Trevor a little boost here. I'm not a yeah. I, I'm not a uh, a Facebook participant. Mm-hmm. So uh, I thought I'd pass this around to our listeners. Check it out if you think the young man's work work warrants your support. Give him a like, give him a thumbs up, and mm-hmm. help push him down the road to getting his pilot's license and starting his aviation career. Absolutely, that's right. what it's all about. It's yeah. Building back the pilot population. Oh yeah, that and that's yeah. Um, have you seen this uh, this simulated simulation video of the? Uh, have you heard the story about this uh, China um, uh, Airbus three 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 runway incursion thing in in China? This is this is I, like I, genuine I read scary. Some, yeah, I read something about that. It's it's definitely a close thing. Wow, uh. it was a close thing. So apparently, what happened was um, an airliner was cleared um, not only into position but cleared to take off. It started its its roll. It was running down the runway, and then as it was rolling down the runway, uh, accelerating, um, uh, apparently I don't know if the same control. Uh, it must have been a different controller, but a controller cleared another aircraft to taxi right across this runway in front of the the uh, taking off uh, aircraft. The pilots of the taking off aircraft um, were um, aware enough to see this happening and see this developing, and they apparently applied full whatever it takes to everything they had to this uh, taking off airplane um, and managed to rotate and pass overhead. I mean, and literally passed right over this airplane on the runway. Um, and uh, so what we saw... Ooh, Tenor- Tenerife, narrowly yeah, avoided. I know, huh? Now, the video we're looking at is not actually of the incident. The uh, video is a, a re- simulated recreation that the... Uh, the yeah, yeah the, it's uh, animation. The equivalent of the NTSB over there created... Uh, oh, man, I can see it coming. Yeah. yeah. Holy... Yeah. And and assuming that this is an accurate reproduction of the incident, this was just frightening. I mean, this is just and boy, kudos to the pilot of the uh, taking off aircraft uh, for for realizing what was going on here and and uh, being able to make the right choices here and and, uh, and take off over the thing. Yeah, the, the crew in the departure aircraft was uh, on their game. Uh, obviously, not, the heads weren't down in the cockpit looking at the instruments, or they would yeah. have never seen it. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. it was way down the runway. I mean, in the video, of course, is a, is a weird view of the whole thing, and it's hard. You know, you know it's coming, and you're watching closely trying to see it, and you don't see it until this airplane is the departing airplane is well down the runway and 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 up to pretty good speed. So uh, yeah, and they may well no, they were probably on different frequencies. I was thinking they maybe might have heard the the clearance, but they probably didn't hear the clearance. Yeah, it sounds like ground ground frequency cleared a guy across the active runway without checking with a local yeah. controller. Now, yeah, and yep, yeah. I believe that story that I've referred you to references the fact that the controllers involved have been um, um, you know, certainly disciplined or suspended, if not fired. There's been it's pretty clear that. Yeah, a big, big, big mistake was made. Yeah, co- coordination sounds like it broke down there somewhere. Yeah, uh, and uh, scary stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. you know, yeah, it's just, it just goes to show you is it, for all the processes and and procedures and 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 safeguards we have in place, these things happen, and it's just crazy. It's it's wow. Anyways, kudos to the departing aircraft crew for uh, realizing what was going on and, uh, and and managing to avoid a huge tragedy. Uh, would we call that the near miss of the week? Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully we don't have a near miss like this every week. That's all I hope. This will be the near miss of the, of the year. Of the, 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 
Yeah, yeah. The, uh, the dry the dry cleaning that week's dry cleaning bill. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So well, those are those are plastic tails on the Airbus. If the guy had hit the other one, it would have come off right at the root. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, because it's a composite vertical fin on the Airbus, and. Uh, they, they they've had issues in some of the earlier versions of that construction where the uh, the engineering wasn't quite as strong as they needed it to be, and um, but it would have it, it would have sheared off. No telling what it would have taken off the bottom of the departing aircraft. Yeah. I mean, gee, man, it couldn't have taken out a gear. Could have taken out engines. Uh, yeah, it, it it could easily have gotten very very ugly. So. Uh, yeah, kudos and, to that. And we only hope that the pilot's uh, benefits package includes uh, track cleaning. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? Um, one bit of administrative thing I just want to jump in here with. Um, so for over a year now, we've been getting uh, generous support from many listeners who have made per-episode contributions through the online service Patreon. Uh, throughout this fall, uh, we here at UCAP are going to try to increase the number of listeners who support the podcast in this way. Uh, with increased financial support, we'll be able to produce the podcast on a little more regular schedule and maybe even do more field reporting from aviation events around the country. To encourage listeners to become patrons and maybe sweeten the deal a little bit, uh, we've defined our first reward level on Patreon. Uh, now, patrons who support the podcast at a level of $3 or more per episode will receive an exclusive short after-show podcast of the three of us chatting after the episode. Uh, in this special episode, we might review our discussion of some subject we covered in the regular episode. We might answer some questions from listeners. We might just babble on for a bit about who knows what. Time will tell. Uh, but to receive this special episode, go to the Patreon site and support us at $3 or more per episode and make sure you check the box that's or the button um, that says receive reward. Uh, and uh, as always, thanks to everyone for listening and for supporting the Uncontrolled Airspace podcast. So our friends over at, uh, let's see now, I believe it's AOPA, um, in, their, in one of their uh, uh, email uh, newsletters, um, they periodically put these, these uh, polls in there. Well, they'll ask, and, and with all due respect to our friends at AOPA, they, they have kind of inane polls, if you ask me. They're kind of goofy things that they ask and the questions and the, and the multiple choices don't all match up sometimes, you know, it's kind of like, you know, you know, what's your favorite fruit, apples or, you know, shoes and or chocolate. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, th but this one caught my attention. Um, if only because the results were odd. All right. So the, the poll in this particular, um, the, the question in this particular poll was what time of day do you typically fly? Quite. Why do you think those results are odd? I just found, well, so, and so the results, according to the poll, at the moment that I captured this image, and it may have changed by now, all right, um, but the moment when I captured this image, um, so the four choices were morning, afternoon, evening, and night, all right, um, and, and I'm not sure exactly what the difference between evening and night is, but that's a whole other thing. That's kind of like goes to the, you know, apples versus chocolate thing. Um, so um, morning... So what time of day do you typically fly? Morning was 66%. Afternoon was 20%. Evening was 11%, 12 if you round it off. And night was only 2%. And I just thought that morning, flying in the morning, that, that, that it seemed like that was way more than I would have expected, all right? I would have thought that morning and 
afternoon or even afternoon combined with evening would have been kind of comparable. All right. Um, and I guess I'm asking you. I mean, you, Jeb, the 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 tone of your observation there was that you think this makes sense. It depends on how you define morning, and how you define typically. I mean, there's no question. Uh, I guess yeah, I'm, I'm totally willing to accept I, the idea that on the weekends people go out and fly in the morning. All right, that's for uh-huh. sure. All right, and uh-huh. and and I and I will also acknowledge that a lot of of recreational personal flying happens on weekends, all right? But I also know that a lot of people fly, particularly in the summertime when the days are longer, they'll fly after work, all right? And They're I, not responding to this poll. Well, I guess maybe there's that, too, because it's not a, that kind of a scientific poll. But right. uh, I, I know that, uh, you know, when I used to hang out at, uh, you know, when I lived in, Calif- in, in Palo Alto, and I'd spend a lot of time at the airport, way more than I'm able to spend now, um, and Friday afternoon, it was a happening place at Palo Alto Airport. All right, um, and to a certain extent, every afternoon when people got off work, but uh, Friday afternoon was was happening. And so, and I'm not suggesting that morning shouldn't be the number one answer here. I just you're just surprised at how far the the yeah. results tilted in that direction. Like two to three to one, you know. I, I and so, David, what do you think? Is this this makes sense to you? Well, the. Some of the factors that would go into that it, it, it make it, you know, really logical. I mean, morning air is usually calmer than afternoon air. Mm-hmm. It's usually cooler in the summertime. Uh, if you're taking a trip, uh, nice to get up and get going before weather develops, mm-hmm. which, you know, can very often, particularly out, you know, in the summertime when uh, the day heats up, things get worse, they get bumpier. Uh but a lot of other things go into this, and you got to remember that this is this is a poll that has no scientific basis on the responses. I understand exactly. that part. Yeah, exactly. you know, uh, yeah. you know, this is a, this this is a pop box poll, and uh, you know, guys that read this and feel like taking the trouble to click on the link, uh, I would bet uh, more prone to be recreational flyers and weekend flyers. Uh, and, and, and it's entirely possible that this came out in the evenings when everybody was out flying. There you so go. they weren't around to click the yeah, button. All right. Well, that explains it right there. That explains well, it. Jeb you, fly had, had mo- a, Jeb, you fly in the morning all the time, right? Uh, okay, never mind. D- define well, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> David, what? Well, I had, had, a, had a friend ask me years years ago, well, you know, uh, when did I typically fly? And I said, when I need to go. You know, <laughs> when I need to, yeah, when I need to, you know. Yeah, I mean. Well, uh, where do you typically go? Well, pretty much wherever I want to. You know, really? if, I was, if I was flying, if Annie and I were going to take a trip back east, we usually wouldn't leave until after work. And we could get to my hometown in Indiana in under four hours, and we'd overnight there, and then go on to D.C. the next day. Well, so we'd have one evening or evening flight, one morning flight. Coming back, we might squeeze it all into one long day, and we still might not leave until the afternoon because we could make it from D.C. back to Wichita in under eight hours. Yeah, you know, with a yeah. fuel stop. And, and you know, there were a lot of trips I made back in the day from D.C. down to Cape Hatteras just for the day. So we leave, we're airborne certainly no later than 10 a.m. Uh, we land just after noon. Uh, we're on the beach all afternoon. Uh, we fly back, we land at night. So there's three 
of our uh, uh, actually uh, all four of those choices are hit with this these four choices in this poll. This there you survey. go. So it, how do you, you how do you log that as far as the survey is concerned? Well, and if you're going to a breakfast plan, it's yeah. automatically going to be in the morning. Yeah. Uh, and it, it, it might be doing afternoon. a poker run, it's yeah. going to split through yeah. the whole day. We're splitting some some very large hairs here, but um, yeah, it's just you know the the, the typical. It, it's just the way these these kinds of surveys go. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Okay. The, the only real data we have on what times of day people fly is by virtue of the accident record. Um, so, and that's not really a good. Uh, measure of it, it, it's 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 valid within you know some broad ranges, but there's not really proof of what uh, uh, of what times of day people fly. Right. So. And if you ask me, what yeah. my favorite time of day to fly is? Yeah, yeah. night night winds every time. Yeah. I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that at all. Um, I, some of the most memorable flights I've had have been at night. Absolutely. Absolutely. What, yeah. what 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 made them memorable? Oh boy! Oh man! Go ahead, Dave. That, that's a, that, that. Bring that up on a whole podcast. All right. Okay. I'll, I'll add that later on. Night flying. Yeah. Memorable yeah. night flying. All right. I'll, I'll put absolutely. We'll put that on the list for a future. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. There, there, there's a dozen that pop into my brain. Okay. No, no. That's a good idea. That's a good idea because we are we are reaching the end of our allotted uh, uh, Top Gun here, and so. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I've been saving that up the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> David, you're a big friend of. No, this is not. We're not to shout outs yet. There's one more item here. David, you are a uh, well-known uh, fan of the folks at Be Light. What are they up to here? Uh, James and Kathy Weeby uh, have done an amazing job of building a company out of what started off with the old Kit Fox Light, the Part 103 version of the Kit Fox. Uh, they've been selling their Part 103 versions of their light aircraft. Uh, that they modified out of the kit box light and called it a B-Light. Well, then last year, James started working on a new design. He called it a Sky Dock. Uh, we saw the prototype not flying at Oshkosh. Uh, now it's been flying. Well, now he's adopted a couple of electric motors to it, and it's flying it on electric power. And uh, it, 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 he also has a whole line of, of flight instruments that he designs because uh, James is probably one of the uh, more gifted people I've ever met when it comes to electronics and, uh-huh. and digital hardware. That's how he made his living, and he built a business and sold it. And He's very and, capable and, and very impressive with this kind of stuff he turns mm-hmm. out. And, and, and the fact that he built this little airplane uh, – it's carbon fiber shells coming out of the mold. You, you put them together. You put the bulkheads in. The wing is uh, unbelievably strong. Now he's flying it on electric power. And I just thought, you know, for a little sport airplane where you're going to go out and bore holes in the sky for a couple hours, you're not looking to go anywhere. Being able to push it back into the hangar and plug it in and have it ready to fly again tomorrow yeah. would be phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No two-cycle mix, no worry about the gas, uh-huh. and it's light enough that if the battery ran down, you, you can put it down in a pasture. Yeah. yeah. So Parking I thought lot. people might be interested in taking a look at the uh, at the uh, uh, prototype B-Light Skydock flying on electric engines. 
Yeah. Electric's definitely the way of the future. We just need to make a little bit more progress on this battery situation. Well, I I wouldn't be surprised if James came up with an expandable extension cord. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, David, is this the... Is this the airframe that I you, you, we when we were at Oshkosh uh, we were over talking? Yeah, this to is James, the same airframe. And you sat in the airplane, and I took a couple pictures of you sitting in the. It was an unfinished airframe, as I recall, but there was it was there was enough of it for you to sit in the cockpit. And this is it. That that's it. Make airplane noises. Yeah, or, or actually, you didn't make airplane noises. In this case, you made humming noises. What does an electric motor make sounds? It does. That's, that's what I've been doing with the champ, is sitting in it and making airplane noises. <laughs> yeah. yeah so, and I, uh, I, I stick my head up in the cockpit of the YX once in a while and go... <laughs> <laughs> Shoutouts. What do we got here? There's not much on the Shoutouts. list. Anybody got anything we want to talk about here? David, you, so the Mod Arrow folks. God bless them. Mod Aero, the folks at Mod Arrow, um, uh, which is a... Uh, a uh, uh, aviation conference festival trade show thing that had its first um, occurrence in uh, Texas someplace last spring, I believe. Yeah, uh, Conroe, uh, outside Houston. Right. And, and, um, uh, and they, they had, had a pro- somewhat rocky first um, instance, um, but God bless them, they're coming back for more, and they're going to, they're gonna, you know, I think they learned a lot of lessons and, and made some and correct course corrections, and they're going to do it again in 2017. And Yeah, they uh, scheduled the first one for earlier this year in March, and down near the Gulf Coast in March, weather can be kind of unpredictable. I mean, it's not that it's that predictable any time, but March, you know, spring and fall, uh, the instabilities tend to be uh, more pronounced. And uh, so they've moved it to uh, uh, May 19, 20, and 21 of 2017 mm-hmm. back at the same location, uh, Conroe North Houston Regional Airport. And uh, I'm hoping to do better than the first one. But the fact that they're back at all for the second one, uh, impressed me enough to stick it on the list and say, you know, good luck. I couldn't agree yeah. more. I couldn't agree yeah. more. I, 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 quite frankly, didn't expect them to be able to try it again, and I'm glad that they are able. And uh, I, I can't imagine, you know, I, I fully expect that they will make some improvements, and this is going to be better than before and uh, begin, you know, to continue to grow. Um, because they're, they've got some really good ideas. They're, they're really trying to create an, an aviation, I don't know what you want to call it, festival, fly-in convention, whatnot, that has, that is structured. Well, and they're, they're aiming it at a younger crowd. Exactly. Um, and the, the millennial demographic, as they as they uh, talk about, right? And uh, you know, I think given that it, the aviation circles I hang around, people under forty are a distinct minority, let alone yeah. people under thirty. So yeah. I, I think this is a great idea. Yeah, yeah. And so, we need to plug one more thing here in shout outs. Okay. Hang uh, on, before you do that, let me say Modero is uh, uh, M O D A E R O dot net. If you want more information about Modero's show, in, that's uh, them in May. Yep. Go ahead, David. Yep. Well, we got another new event on the calendar, and it's coming up a lot sooner. And that's the Deland uh, Showcase. I'm, you know, uh, I'm sorry, that was on the list, and I must have jumped over it. Tell us about it. Well, Deland, Florida, uh, hired uh, Jana Phillip, uh, the lady that was the uh, spark plug behind the Sebring uh, Sport Aviation Expo since from its beginning. And uh, the, the Deland Showcase uh, is having its inaugural run starting uh, on uh, Thursday, November 3rd. Deland, Florida. It's about 50 minutes or so northeast of uh, Orlando. 
and uh, they are uh, they they are booked up with exhibitors. Uh, they got airplanes coming in. Uh, it's shaping up to be a good show. If they yeah. get kind of the kind of weather that makes people like to go to Florida, uh, they they should have a gangbusters because Jenna has put a lot of work into it. The community is supporting it financially, psychologically. They've been building a site specifically for this show at the airport, and DeLand already has a, a, a fairly substantial uh, uh, presence in skydiving and, and uh, skydiving operations and parachute people, yeah. and this is yeah. just going to enhance that and maybe give them something new on the calendar. I mean, the true test of any of these is if it happens a second time, like Madero is right. scheduled to happen a second right. time. So if you're in the neighborhood... Uh, November three, four, and five. Uh, swing by Deland, Florida, and check out the uh, Deland Showcase. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, I was planning to go, and then unfortunately, work is ganged up on me here, and so I'm not going to be able to attend. But I believe, as of right now, both of you are attending to at least be there for a day or two, right? At, at, at some point, I'm I'm intending to be there. I don't know for how long, and I don't know which day. I, I know Dave's probably going to be there a little bit longer, a little bit more predictable right. manner than myself. So well, if, I'm uh, I'm going over. I'll be in Orlando working in the National Business Aviation Association right. convention, and rather than hanging out for vendor bonding day on the closing day, right. I'm going to boot myself out of bed early, drive over to Deland, and spend the day at the uh, showcase. Unfortunately, my ride is pulling out on Friday morning, so uh, that's the only okay. day I've got. Okay, I won't be over there until Friday, so I will miss you. Okay. Well, some combination of the two of you, I'm hope, hoping, will be able to do an episode of the podcast from the DeLand show. I think that would be very cool. Well, we also may be able to do something from NBAA. I'll be there also. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's talk more about that for sure. Okay, yeah. sounds good. Uh, yeah, DeLand, what was the dates again, David? November 3, 4, and 5. And do you have the URL handy? I could find it here, but uh, I don't have it handy. Let's see here. Uh, DeLand... Sport Aviation Expo. What's the URL? The URL apparently is sportaviationvillage.com. That's what you should look for, sportaviationvillage.com. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Okay, any other shout-outs? We're done. Is it, uh, Stick it with a fork. Is it uh, Top Gun time? It's top gun time. Top gun time. Top gun time. Thank you, guys. It's always fun. I'm glad to uh, have an opportunity to talk to you. Uh, this is like a treat because we, uh, for scheduling reasons, we did these a week apart. We've been doing every two or three weeks, and uh, and so to do it to get together every, uh, two weeks in a row is, is pretty pretty cool. Uh, let's see now. I've got. To, I'm sorry. The thank yous are here someplace. Here we go. Dave Higdon. That's who you are. Dave Higdon is an aviation photographer, an aviation journalist, and the U.S. editor for London's Ab Buyer magazine. David, what's your work? on what's going on uh, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of everything for I over guess. a year now every single episode i ask this question it, it, and it's, it's been like five years i yeah. know yeah okay david all right we, 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 we stretched as well as we can david what are you working on uh did you do anything working on Jeb more lately? more uh, working on uh got a story this month about uh flying international somewhere in okay. uh, Buyer. <laughs> All right. How's your blog doing? Uh, the blog's going well. Yeah. Uh, this week's uh, BizAv blog on Buyer. thank you for that. 
uh, comes out uh, tonight or tomorrow morning, and uh, we're talking about how the uh, aviation uh, organizations need to uh, uh, get behind the uh, pitch AOPA and Gamma have made uh, to the Supreme Court to uh, reaffirm that the FAA decides what's airworthy and what's not, and the states can't make second guesses to solve liability lawsuits in the favor of a plaintiff. What a concept, uh, huh? Yeah. But yeah, very cool. Is that is that Burnside guy come to his senses yet, or are you still write for Aviation Safety Magazine? Uh, occasionally, uh, when something comes up, or when he needs me to pitch saying. in. Where can you find you on the internet, David? What's going on? Oh, avbuyer.com, uh, aea.net, uh, occasionally uh, aviationsafety.com, uh, and uh, well, uh, Twitter. I'm not sure how to uh, Twitter. I'm uh, real Higdon. There you go. There you go. That's great. Thank you, David. And uh, Jap, uh, uh, Jab <laughs> Burnside. I was working with this earlier. I was thinking I, was, I, I had been calling you Captain Burnside. And now I'm thinking yes. I have to call you something like Captain Champ Guy or something like that. All right, I'm, I'm working on this new Champ. Well, that would. But Champ Guy is taken. Champ Champ Guy is taken. So yeah, I mean, right. I, so I, 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 and I don't I don't want to step on that. No, because no, for that's, sure. For that's sure. that's that's well earned and well deserved. Yes. So uh, there's no only one Champ that, Guy for sure. And uh, there's but, only one Champ Guy. Yeah. But whatever your your name is, um, you are a freelance aviation writer and editor, <laughs> serving as the editor in chief of Aviation Safety Magazine. Whoever you are, however you got in here, yeah, don't really. lie to me because what I'll find heck? out how you got in here. What the heck? You know, Top Gun. Uh, uh, what what have you been working on, Jeb? What's going on? The magazine doing good? Uh, magazine uh, gearing up for the December issue and uh, kind of a year in summation on a couple of things and. Uh, that sort of thing. Uh, be another end? good issue. Come on, don't you, rush this. Uh, I'm doing my December issue in a I couple know. of weeks. I'm yeah, working on it right now. I, mean, I know. It's yeah, due in a couple of weeks. Bob Hope used so, to do the, you know, it the is Christmas what it show is. in June. That's what always like was freaked me out, right? Bob Hope uh-huh. used to do the Christmas show in June. Oh, yeah. Well, I was you know, around here. I don't know. I was in the Home Depot in, in August. They had Halloween crap out already. Well, that's true. Like, come on, people. That's true, too. Yeah, okay. Anyways, but, uh, what's in anyway. the magazine? Anything fun? I can't. I'm drawing a blank. Okay. <laughs> I'll just do it. But it's um, always fun. No, it is always fun. It's a no, great it's magazine. always fun. Yeah. No. And uh, uh, so I'm working on a piece for uh, AEA's uh, Avia- uh, Avionics News. Mm-hmm. Uh, have it ready uh, today or tomorrow, like tonight or tomorrow. Um, just had a piece published in GA News, General Aviation News, and uh, uh, getting another one to them uh, uh, by the end of the week, also. So. Uh, Cool. Uh, having fun with all that. Um, yes, I'll be at NBAA, and, and Dave and I will, will uh, hook up and cook up and uh, break out the uh, uh, suit, ju- the suit mess coats up and ties, and, right? You know, something like that. Yeah, I yeah, really it'll, it'll I want be, pictures. I want pictures. I saw a picture uh, of David uh, wearing a jacket and tie at well, it must have been NBAA last year or something like that. But it's like yeah, it's it's freaked uh, me out. It was weird. It's, uh, it's could have been. It, it happens once in a while. Yeah. Okay. All right. Dave, uh, Jeb, where do we find you on the internet? Um, let's see. Aviation Safety Mag uh, Magazine dot com, uh, AEA dot net, General Aviation News dot com, and uh, somewhere on the Twitter machine, I'm Burnside J. There you go. There you go. Thank you. 
And I'm Jack Hodgson. I'm a private pilot, a freelance writer, and a new media producer. You can follow me on Twitter at uh, twitter.com slash jackhodgson. Uh, you can learn more about me than you really wanted to know at jackhodgson.com and aroundthefield.net. Big thanks to all the people who help us with this podcast, in addition to the three of us. Uh, thanks to Jeff Ward for his help with the show notes and in the forums. Thanks to Mike Morgan and Royce Earle and Jim Goldman and to the many other listeners who have created the UCAP Disclaimer Clips. Please support the UCAP uh, podcast by making a repeating per donation episode of any size via the online service Patreon. And if it's over $3, you get access to the exclusive after show podcast uh, that is just all the talk of the internet these days. Uh, you can get details about that at patreon.com slash uncontrolled airspace. And while you're at it, go into iTunes and give us a review or uh, click some stars. It really helps get the word out about the podcast. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, on Twitter, the podcast is uh, twitter.com slash class G airspace. That's class, the letter G, airspace, all one word. Uh, you never know what might turn up there. And you can listen to uh, UCAP in the free section of Sporty's Pilot Shop mobile app, Takeoff, along with other podcasts and special Sporty's content. Get your uh, UCAP hats, shirts, and other cool gear at the UCAP swag shop. That's at uncontrolledairspace.com slash store. And don't forget, you can check out the rest of the UCAP website, 10 years worth of UCAP show notes and episode downloads. Um, and last but not least, check, uh, uh, chat with us directly and with your many of your fellow listeners in the Uncontrolled Airspace forums. All of that is at uncontrolledairspace.com. David, uh, I, something you wanted to tell us? Well, if you want to live to Top Gun, go fly because time spent flying is not subtracted from your lifespan. Bye-bye. And that's enough talking. Let's go flying. I'm shocked, shocked to find out Top Gun is going on here. 